Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for social media consultant Yuli Schultz. I think I couldn't do it on my own. I don't know. I think I probably could uh, go insane. It's really amazing to have someone who listens to you and uh, even if they're in the same space to give you some valuable advice. I'm not feeling disappointed if I don't reach a certain goal, you know, like for me it works very well that I set myself goals and I'm very happy when I reach them. If I don't reach them, I just like reshuffle, you know, and give it another time frame, another month. It's really good to set yourself goals. I really know when I do it, I work so much better. So yes, there is Yuli. Her conversation coming up very soon indeed. It's so good being back recording these as well. Obviously, I realise you might listen to this and it's totally out of sequence (laughs) from real life. But if you've been listening, you know, as it goes out and following the vlog, you will know that I, I had an operation, which meant I couldn't speak. So yes, I've not been able to properly put out the podcast for a few weeks, so it feels really nice to be back. You can check out the vlog, by the way, of what I've been up to on YouTube. But if you go to beingfreelance.com, they're all there and there's a link through. Also, while you're at beingfreelance.com, you can find all of the podcasts as well. Over 100 guests. It would be awesome if you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, if you enjoy the, uh, if you enjoy the show. Uh, but the biggest favour that you could do, as ever, share it so that it gets to as many freelancers as possible. Right, let's crack on though and find out what it's like being freelance for social media consultant Yuli Shorts. Hey, Yuli. Hi there. How are you? Am I, am I just, am, am, am I just, is it Uli or Yuli? You know what? It's normally Uli, a German version, uh, and I'm from Germany. But since I'm in the UK, some people call me Yuli and it sounds so much nicer. So I tell everyone, oh, my name is Yuli. Ah, I see. Because, yeah, I said Uli originally. Which is correct. Because of my, you know, limited German uh, education. But you prefer Yuli then? Yes. Okay, so all of those lessons I paid attention to when I was 15 are worthless. Uh, We're going (laughs) to stick with Yuli anyway. Um, Okay, never mind. So, you know the drill. Normally, we get started by hearing how you got started being freelance. So, yeah, let's start there. Cool. Um, Basically, it started really in my last um, year at uni where I was thinking I want to move to London. So I had that in my head. Didn't know how to do it, you know, how to connect with people. And I started like a Twitter account. So a little bit of very unusual, a little bit of very uh, unusual thing to do, trying to look for a job, to be honest, on Twitter. So I I shared, you know, uh, normal stuff like my skills, my CV and then articles from the industry. So I wanted to tap into the advertising slash social media industry. Um, And long story short, I got discovered by The Guardian who wanted me to write about my experience for them and see how how it is to look for a job on on Twitter. So I kind of wrote for them a couple of articles. I also had a little campaign where I asked people to support my job hunt on Twitter by them taking a picture of themselves with a sign saying hashtag Hayo Ulrike, which is my full name, uh, first name. And uh, um, yeah, at the end of, I, I don't know, I think it was a couple of months, I found a, a job, not a freelance job, a job in a social media agency. And then I moved to London 
so I worked in the social media industry. I have to say my English was not that great. So I never really thought about going freelance, especially in another country with my skills of the language. So for me, it was um, just, you know, a normal thing to go in, into a full-time job. I was very happy that I even found a full-time job abroad. Then I worked in a couple of agencies. I moved to Singapore, worked there in an advertising agency, came back. And all, I moved around so many times that I kind of always thought I need to find a job. I never really thought I could maybe just, you know, do it on my own. But then, yeah, after a couple of times, um, different jobs, I was like, I am trying it now and I want to be freelance. I want to do it on my own. And because I had a social media background, that was my, my first thought. I can, I can be a social media consultant manager. Wow. So which year did you move to London to put everything into perspective? Oh, yes. I moved uh, six years ago, 2011, September 2011. So 2011. And then when was it that you finally thought, actually, I'm going to go freelance? I think the thought started really maybe mid-2015. And then my last day at the agency was 31st of December 2015. So I started really on 1st of January. 2016 so two years almost now crikey i like the fact that you got the christmas party out the way first though well <laughs> i done. know i took everything with me in the last week yeah so. this might be the last christmas party i ever have so i'm going out on a high um <laughs> just to rewind slightly though you were discovered by the guardian in quotation marks how does the guardian which by the way if you're listening around the world is like a big newspaper in the uk um yeah how did you get discovered by The Guardian? Um, so I don't know. I think because I was putting out myself there and my mission on Twitter of like job hunting, they found me somehow on there. So I didn't get in touch with them or um, no one kind of introduced us. They just, you know, observing Twitter and uh, yeah, and that's how they found me or one particular person, actually. And, and, and she got in touch with me. And I was also a, a part of podcast predicting the social media of 2012, which was crazy, crazy and great. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. OK, so in 2016, January 2016, you are suddenly freelance. How did yeah. you go about finding those first clients? So it was a bit of a mix as well. I have to say I was a bit uh, risky. You know, I didn't have actually any savings, nor did I have any clients. I did reach out to some people and had some discussions, but it was really hard for me actually to meet up with them during the week when I had my full-time job. So I kind of decided I, I will just risk it and f um, pour all my time into, into finding people at the beginning. And I was very lucky, I have to say. So I had a, a contact uh, with an agency. I worked just two weeks randomly before I actually got another job. And uh, I told them I'm going freelance if they need me. And, uh, and they needed me in like, I think it was the first February or so. So a month later only where I worked for them a couple of days a week. And that really kind of saved me in the first month because I, I could just yeah, work for them. And then in general, all my clients over the last two years are very kind of a mix of everything. So social media plays a, a big role. People discovered me on social media, so really Twitter or Instagram mainly. I had referrals of friends who knew I'm now a social media, freelance social media consultant. So I got a couple of clients through friends. Um, I'm going to a lot of networking events 
Although a client didn't come out of that directly, I would say. Maybe then it, it was a, kind of a referral again. So yeah, it's a, it's a mix of, of things, how I got my client. By the way, I also tried uh, cold calling, cold emailing and stuff like that. So trying that strategy and it really didn't work for me. I hated it so much that I was like, no, I, I better put more effort in like putting myself out there, either online on social media or in networking events, rather than just randomly, uh, you know, sending emails to companies saying, oh, I'm a social media consultant. Do you want to hire me? <laughs> um, when you um, when you say networking events, obviously based in London, there's a ton of stuff going on all the time. So what sort of things were you or are you going to? So, for example, I actually um, co-work from Google Campus. They organize a lot of different events. So it's um, a lot of things about technology or social media or marketing and, and that kind of area. So these are the areas I'm I'm basically interested in and um, I'm go to networking events. So that kind of thing. Cool. So they're quite informal rather than mixing with like loads of business people as such in suits it's more like people like yourself yeah totally like uh, it is always super relaxed i i don't even think about the other things because i i think i wouldn't enjoy it like people who uh you know who play by the rules a lot like i like to over the over the last two years i could see that i work so much better with people who are a bit more like-minded you know who like to experiment for example so that's my first thing I really love to do with clients it's like so and, and and a lot of them don't have you know the experience in social media but if they have the right mindset and say like look I want to just try uh, new things content and stuff like that can you help me then this I'm basically the, their girl mm. uh, you mentioned co-working there as well now I mean, I mean I've been following you on Instagram stories uh, for a while and it seems almost daily like you have found the coolest place in London to co-work I, 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 I see it and I think oh that looks like a cool place to work and then like a couple of days later I'll go oh no that looks like a cool place to work and then another yeah chat to me about co-working basically how's that work for you yeah I have to say so at the beginning when I started freelancing I worked from home and that didn't really work out for me at all like I had to change my whole behavior because at home you, you just have so many habits and you know it's a place where you relax you eat you sleep and it was really hard for me to actually uh, add a, another kind of um, task to it like working sitting at a desk and working so co-working spaces were like one solutions or like at the beginning it was less co-working spaces to be honest it was more cafe so I was thinking okay where is it cheap to work from um, apart from maybe uh, getting a coffee or two I'm part of a lot of groups as well, um, Facebook groups and stuff. Um, again, Google Campus, actually, they are a really, really, really great. And um, so you meet people there and they recommend you stuff. So it's a lot about recommendations as well. And uh, I actually like to go. And that's why you could see so, so many different places on my Instagram stories is because I I like to really vary it and and not go to the I, w I wouldn't be able for example to go to the Google campus co-working space every day because I think it would feel like going to an office every day so I like to spice it up a little bit um, and and try out new uh, new spaces and what works really well as well are hotels actually 
um, I don't think it's a new thing, but kind of rediscovered thing that, I mean, hotels, lobbies, uh, especially, you know, have the guests and they spend maybe five minutes waiting for someone and, and otherwise it's unused. So it's a new thing that hotels provide a space for you to actually work from. And, you know, you can also have a coffee there, you can have lunch, whatever, and they don't really... <laughs> bother you you know to consume a lot um and now okay with you to hang out there the whole day what do you think makes a good co-work space well it's definitely um all the normal things you need for like a plug-in which i have found actually once you don't have it you realize how shit a place could be um <laughs> so definitely the the having a plug for charging your laptop is is the most important thing then also, I think if you basically, it's quiet or ish, it's never really quiet, to be honest. Um, but if, if it's a, a K level of like working from there and it's not too much distraction, that's also a good indication for a good place. And then, I don't know, I quite like, you know, creative vibes. So again, it would be, I'm hanging out a lot in Shoreditch because that's where I'm based um, in London. So it is quite a creative uh, environment and that's personally what I really like and that helps me to be creative myself and and to actually work so if if I every now and then meet people as well um, and exchange some thoughts um, I think that's really really cool as well um, yeah and then good coffee that's the last thing <laughs> and you mentioned being part of groups yeah um, are they like just like community groups or mentoring groups or what what sort of thing so that maybe applies a lot for women now, but there are a lot of um, female groups, kind of support groups. And um, I'm talking mainly really about Facebook groups, um, but there are also a couple of like groups or like websites specifically for women and entrepreneurs and freelancers. So these kind of groups, uh, people who do their own thing, you know, have their own projects or freelance, you know, have their own clients, customers, these kind of groups um, I'm part of. And I think I had also one or two clients actually through these groups because there's always someone who is looking, especially entrepreneurs, they have like different things they need to uh, cover in, in their business. So a lot of people... A lot is maybe exaggerated, but some people are looking for social media consultants, uh, for example. Um, just to, to name a few if people are actually interested, but there's a, a, a huge group called ADAS List, A-D-A-S and then List. And uh, it's quite in the space of like tech and, and uh, women, female entrepreneurship. That's a website you can basically post if you have a question or want to tell people about something then everyone gets an email and you can connect with people or other female kind of groups are blooming founders is quite a big group now again it's very supportive it doesn't it's not a specific industry or anything it's really just people who have their own projects their own businesses their own clients i think these are the main groups i'm i'm in there are a couple of more uh, London Startups, for example, is also an interesting um, Facebook group um, where you can learn things, you know, people post in like tools they discover um, or any hacks or interesting articles and, and stuff like that. Do you ever meet these sort of people in real life? 
Um, yes, actually, I do. Um, all these groups organize kind of meetups and, and events every now and then. So I try to, to go to these events. I actually like very much to connect with people online, but also having this offline connection. That's why I mentioned the networking events in general, like because it can be crazy just hanging out at home on your computer and connecting to the world there I, I really like to to connect with people offline and when this whole Twitter thing happened I was looking for a job I actually flew to London I don't know maybe once in two months or so to meet the people I met on Twitter so that was really important for me to go a bit a step further and and make the connections um, and a bit, how do you say, like deeper, you know, um, and meet meet the people. So it's very important to to have that. Not everything is has a kind of offline arm to it. But I think people know in general how valuable it can be to to meet the people you met online, also in real life, if you can. So a lot of, luckily, the the um, groups I'm part of have a, a big arm in London. Just because London is such a big city, you know, a lot of people are actually based there. So um, it makes sense then to have a couple of like events or uh, meetups you can go to. Yeah. So do you have anybody like within that who, you, you know, not just getting to know them, but who you t talk regularly about business with, setting goals together or whatever it might be? Absolutely, actually. Um, so Emily Fagelstedt, um, I'm sure I said it differently, but she is a, a good friend of mine and she was on your podcast a couple of episodes yes. ago. Um, so with her, I've, I really meet regularly. We met at the Google campus. They have an introduction day where you can meet new members and that's actually how we met and that was two years ago. So literally when I just started to be freelance and as you know, she's a couple of years um already a freelancer and then with her we have now a little group of really just like 10 people or so women as well and we call it boost women where we support each other we meet up regularly to co-work together again from all these places um places i mentioned earlier hotels or co-working spaces cafes and we we talk about what we have achieved you know uh, we meet once a month and if we have any struggles, you know, we, we talk about this and get some advice from each other. So it's it's a really amazing group to have, I think. And that really developed out of, you know, meeting up at these events and um, and meeting some people online and make it make the offline connection. That's so cool. How important to you would you say that is? So important. I think I couldn't do it on my own I don't know I think I probably could uh, go insane it's really amazing to have someone who listens to you and uh, even if they're in the same space to give you some valuable advice it's something everyone needs uh, to have I think I don't know if you can really do it on your own you need someone to talk to and the the more they are in your field or at least you know in that kind of area the better, I think, because they will be able to understand you, what you're going through and all the challenges you are facing. So it's 100% important to me. Yeah. You you mentioned earlier about, well, a few times, you know, learn a thing here, learn a thing there. It sounds like learning is quite a thing for you. 
Absolutely. And I think that's one reason I went freelance, actually, as well. It was always a bit like, I'm such a sucker for learning. Um, I want to, I really want to improve and continue to learn all the time. And I always felt in the jobs I did, I was good and they were satisfied, but I could never do more than just my title allowed me. And I, I thought I can do so much more, you know, and, and learning is obviously a big part of this kind of um, development, personal development. And now I love it. Like I, I watch so many videos in, in general, you know, I talk to people, I read books. It's so, f the, you know, fascinating, especially in the social media world, which changes all the time. Um, so you kind of have to keep up with things all the time anyway so and now I, I, I can do it and um, it benefits my my own business one thing I'm keen to talk about as well is the fact that you know we've spoken so far really about freelancing but I know that your your business has kind of evolved beyond that right yeah so um, yeah I went freelance two years ago with um, the social hunter social media consultancy and now being surrounded by all these other freelancers but also entrepreneurs really sparked my kind of creativity and I was like I might want to do something else than just providing a service which social media consultancy is um, I kind of wanted to have something more tangible so I started um, pretty much like a new project tapping into the more entrepreneurial aspect um, and started Secrets of Green, which is an online marketplace um, inspired by nature. So I work with lots of talented um, individuals and smaller companies together um, and they have these products which I in general say they're inspired by nature. So they either have natural ingredients, you know, showcasing nature in some point. Um, yeah, and I started this pretty much I think nine months ago. And it's my it's my side project, but I think it's getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And I can use my social media skills a lot to use that now in my new endeavor and and use it as a case study as well. So even now I still have social media clients. I say like, look, this is Secrets of Green. This is the Instagram, Twitter and whatever I'm doing with it and say like, um, you know, And when you when you look at the Instagram, you maybe realize you could maybe see, hopefully, that um, it's it's handled very well. So I can say, you know, we can do the same for you. Ah, that's good. Yeah, it feeds back in. Exactly. Uh, that's so cool. We'll put a link, of course, as well to Secrets of Green at beingfreelance.com. Uh, so how do you split your time, though? Because across all of that, especially when you're starting something up, they can be time consuming, but you've got to pay the bills. Yeah, I mean, um, so I do social media more, um, but I, for example, now I had an experiment the last three months um, before Christmas. I kind of dedicated so much more time towards Secrets of Green, planned some pop-ups actually, so going out again in the real world, although it's an online business, and testing, you know, what I can do if I concentrate a little bit more On that so normally it would be it depends really like you said you know you have to pay the bills so I prioritize social media when I need to pay the bills and when I have a little bit of buffer or um, you know time then I try to concentrate on secrets of green um, so it's it's like a balancing thing but I have to say because I'm really on my own I don't have any 
you know, no one who tells me, you know, how I can spend my time. I always feel like I could work in the evening or at the weekend. So I, I feel I actually have more time. Um, I know you might come to the next question of like life uh, work balance <laughs> because it sounds like a lot of work. But um, I think I, I have found quite a good yeah balance in, in general. Like I, I basically have sometimes an hour or two or maybe even longer. Like yesterday I met up with, with these women from the women, Boost Women with Emily. And we just had like an afternoon of um, a little Christmas party. And I made time for that because I think it's so important to, to have that as well to again stay sane and, and enjoy life rather than just work, work, work. But then again, I also know I have an evening or a weekend where I can work if I missed out on some time. Yeah, it's that kind of like flexibly managing your time to do what you've got to do, but have fun at the same time. Exactly. That's exactly how I see it. Yeah. And it's helpful when, you know, the people that you're, I know, meeting up with in co-working spaces and stuff like that are also people you want to go and have a beer with or Prosecco with or whatever it might be. Yeah, that definitely helps. It's, um, I mean, I, I luckily always had... Um, a good time even in the agencies I worked for um, and met amazing people there so I for me it never was really work it's just you know I go to work and don't talk to anyone I always made friends with people at work um, so I think now being freelance and and meeting some you know other freelancers and entrepreneurs I'm very much about like yeah let's you know hang out a little bit it's, it's obviously not everyone is is suitable to be uh, your friend or you know your kind of colleague but um, I found a lot of great um, people and now they're friends as well which definitely is, is great to have. And you mentioned like going to talks and things have you you know other than being in the audience have you stood up and and given that a go? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, a couple of times. I did some Instagram kind of workshops last year, um, which I want to I actually continue because I, I can see that there are so many people. And when I talk to people, meet new people, they're like, oh, do you do any workshops? I'm like, oh, no, but maybe I should. Um, so workshops, actually, um, and uh, then getting invited to panels, you know, talking either about social media. Most of the time, it's actually now... Um, together like talking about social media but also now the new entrepreneurial experience um, and then with Emily again actually I um, we came up with this kind of talk or subject of how to become your own brand influencer because when we talked about all our experience and how we got you know we had different projects, like I mentioned the Twitter one um, earlier, and Emily had a lot of interesting stuff going on and experiences and ex uh, experimented a lot with things and got coverage and stuff like that. We were like, oh, we need to kind of maybe do a talk about this and and kind of tell people, because it's a, it's a really difficult subject. It's more about being creative, thinking out of the box, putting more content or doing things and then getting, you know, coverage or being discovered by, you know, magazines or other people and stuff like that. So that was our approach in this talk. So we did one at Google Compass. And then also recently, the same one we had in a group of like entrepreneurs um, or aspiring entrepreneurs who wanted to learn a little bit more. And that was really fun. It was a very interesting experience as well to talk in front of people. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. So 
so it's it's kind of about creating i mean we we hear the phrase personal brand but like more than that like like stepping that up so that people notice you yeah exactly it's really about like what you can do because a lot of people are like oh how do I put myself out there? You know, how do people find me? Or the whole question everyone asks, um, you know, also in this um, podcast is how do I find my clients, you know? And we try to have a different approach to it uh, and say like, you know, obviously there are all these channels like social media channels, for example, or, or others. How could you use them with whatever you do, what your um, subject is or your your industry you're in it? whatever it is like how can you stand out a little bit really it's about stand standing out and communicating what you're doing um and what i said earlier of me trying to write random emails or cold calling people that just didn't work for me for me it was so much better to produce a lot of content if you if you look at it from a business perspective it would be really about producing content um creative ideas do you know even like going outside um i did that more like as a you know side project as well where i invited people to make paper flowers and we did a little bit uh, an installation in in shortage just you know out of fun but then people walked by took photos of it shared it and stuff like that so coming up with different things which help you then to shape your personal brand nice yeah so thinking thinking beyond just a blog post exactly exactly i mean blog posts social media updates and all these things are are great and i think that could be really helpful um and we just went a little bit deeper and said like you know what what could you talk about and where could you make a difference basically rather than just saying oh i'm here you know please see me <laughs> it's more about the content you 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 create what would you say has been the biggest challenge of being freelance? Um, definitely the cash flow to find a good balance of having enough clients and and, and planning in advance that you obviously have to ta- pay your taxes um, a year later <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and then having clients who um, maybe don't pay or don't pay the whole um, amount you charge them. And, and sorting this out uh, in the background or just like giving up like it at the beginning the first six months or so everything was fine it actually doesn't always come only in um, at the beginning for me it came a little bit later one and a half years later where some problems uh, you know arose and I, I, it was very annoying it's all about money at the end so, so that's definitely the 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 biggest challenge to earn enough to pay your bills like you said earlier as well yeah man that sucks how have you overcome that i mean there's one thing which in the uk there's a small claims court thing which is actually like a serious thing but you can use the court to send out serious letters um you pay a small fee depending on how much they owe you it could scare them and it's like a legal thing so they send an official letter saying you owe this person money so you pay otherwise you know we we um, initiate the next steps and stuff today um it's in a process so i want to say like it's successful but for me it's still in the process the client paid me partially because of the first letter of the small, uh, small claims court i hope it, it will work but that's something you could do otherwise 
I'm not quite sure, you know, how you could like handle this moving on. I mean, I have um, um, I have contracts in place, so and that worked for me for such a long time. And with the majority of the clients, I think there's always someone who just doesn't respect it. But I do have my contracts, and normally I receive payment after two weeks of work. And then basically I work kind of two weeks in advance and then the other two weeks are already paid. So that's my way of securing at least a little bit half of the money because if they wouldn't pay me after two weeks, I would just stop working for them. And maybe the risk is to have worked two weeks, although I have to say it's not like 24 hours a day, you know, it's obviously Mm. a couple of hours in a week. So I haven't wasted too much time so a couple like one client just went bust so they couldn't pay there's no one solution i would say does it affect your morale your positivity Um, well it does when it happens but um the thing is it happens you know and i just you know move on and 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 keep an eye on more that the type of clients who do these things and if i have already a feeling of like this client could be difficult in a meeting, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'm frank with them and say, look, you know, this is my terms, you know, and um, because of the experience and stuff, I'm sure you're not this kind of person, but I just want to be, you know, sure. And, and I put that in place before I start working with a client. But no, it doesn't really affect my positivity. I, I think I'm still happy that nowadays it's actually so easy to be a freelancer and we're going actually towards more and more people want to be freelance and I think the whole environment of working will will shift a lot and I'm really glad to to be one of the people who could already experience that and and benefit benefit from it yeah okay now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what have you got for me Oh my God, you know, I'm such a bad liar. So I had to write it down. (laughs) Here we go. So number one, I was on the cover of the biggest fashion magazine in Austria twice. Um, I once played poker at a media fair in Vienna. I never played poker before, but someone actually briefly explained it to me shortly before I started playing and I won twice. And the last one is I was late getting my driving license because I failed the theory test twice. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the twice thing here. Okay. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, I like a good theme. So, Austria, so you're German. Did you, go to, did you go to Union in Vienna or something? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, for four okay. years, I studied in Vienna. So, cover a fashion magazine in Austria twice. How did it like? We, we did you like model when you were a student? No, actually not. It was like a, they have a annual thing where they ask kind of girl next door to apply, um, you know, for for being on the uh, on the cover magazine. So I just applied, um, and then there was a little you know show where you had to walk down and. Um, take some photos and uh, I think it was like 10 candidates and yeah I won that kind of competition so I ended up on the magazine but only because I'm a a pretty next uh, door girl not because I was a model (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh you played poker and won twice despite not knowing how to play poker you see 
that kind of feels believable in that what better poker face is there than one where you genuinely don't know what you're doing? I agree with you. People will be thinking she doesn't know what she's doing and that's because you don't, but actually you've got a really good hand, but maybe you don't even... Oh, I don't know. Like, um, do you know, like did you win big? There's something called beginner's luck as well, so I, I think that was for me applicable. Um, it was actually... Um, I won... A prize, so it was not about money. It was a, a poker suitcase, actually, with all the things in there. You failed your theory test twice. Was that in Germany or in the UK? No, that was in Germany. Um, I have to say, as an excuse, um, my boyfriend loved me at that time. So I kind of, you know, my head was not around, you know, trying to get all the information into my head. So... Yeah, I failed it twice. You see, the first two are so brilliant that I don't know why you would make the theory test up. I'm going to say that one's true. So did you win at poker? Were you on the cover of a fashion magazine? I I don't think you won at poker. Um, That's true. <laughs> ah! I'm so happy right now. I made it, yes. That was such good lie. So you'd even thought about the prize. So so which is the lie? It's a driving license. I actually... Ah. <laughs> I um, passed it the first time. But you even had the sob story. I felt so sorry for you. No. Okay. Clearly that was true. The pain was so... that You're such a good liar. You lied about being a bad liar. <sighs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Um, I think, but maybe that's very personal to me, but I think it's really good to set yourself goals. Um, I really know when I do it, I work so much better and like, you know, going freelance also, I should have had a little bit more, you know, KPIs saying, okay, I, sh I should have a client, one client by the end of the month or stuff like that, because I know it helps me a lot. So even nowadays I'm struggling. So it's not only for my younger self, but for myself now as well. <laughs> um, yeah, just set yourself goals and work towards them. It will help you a lot to focus. It's interesting that you say like, a, you know, by the end of the month, because I was going to say like when you set a goal and you set a time frame to it, that works well, right? So as we sit here, I mean, I know people could listen to this at any point in the future, but we're sitting here right on the cusp of the new year. So would you sit there and think, what do I want to do in 2018? Or do you think, you know, January, February, March, like smaller chunks? I don't know. Uh, maybe actually both, you know, I think, um, the more detail you can go into the better, not that, but I mean, for example, my mindset is, so I'm not feeling disappointed if I don't reach a certain goal, you know, like I know people can get, you know, crazy about this and feel really down if they haven't reached a goal. I think, um, for me, it works very well that I set myself goals and I'm very happy when I reach them. If I don't reach them, I just like reshuffle, you know, and, give it another time frame, another month. Um, but I think both is really good to have. And I haven't done it yet for 2018 uh, and I'm very late. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it will be yeah, uh, weekly, monthly goals, but also in general, like what do I want to achieve next year in, in general? Yeah, that's okay. I think that 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 what do I want to do next year is a good one for that week in between Christmas and New Year. Very true, yeah. Just eating, I don't know, 
leftover pretzels and sausages <laughs> and things like that that happen to be lying around. Uh, that's all good. Um, Yuli, it's been so nice to speak to you. Uh, go to beingfreelance.com and there will be links f- uh, through to Yuli on Twitter, Instagram and the Secrets of Green and the Social Hunter website and so on and so forth so that you can um, say hi, uh, which you might literally do if you go to any sort of social networking event in a cool part of London as well by the sounds of it. So yeah, keep an eye out for you. She probably walks around with the cover uh, of a fashion magazine from Austria. (laughs) Just so you know, it's her. Uh, I would. Anyway, if that was me. Yuli, thank you so much. And all the best being freelance. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Oh, I was going to say Fröhlich und Weihnachten and everything. I forgot. Um, <laughs> Did you write it down? <laughs> uh, no, but earlier on I was thinking, what German can I actually remember from school? And then I remembered Weihnachten. Yeah, Fröhlich und Weihnachten. Well said. <laughs>